Hey everybody, it's Renee from Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. On today's podcast, we talk some celebrity breakups. Come on, Jason Momoa, Lisa Bonet, my heart, I can't take it. We get into a bunch more though. Also, we talk to our girl, Misha Tate. It's official, she's dropping down to 125. We break it all down. Let's get into it. Here's a real bummer of a situation. Do you hear Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet split up? Oh. They are... I, I know. And like, How sad. They, it's so sad. And could there have been a cooler slash hotter couple than Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet? I love their story. The, the, like, I just I fell in love with the story when he he would like had this crush on her his whole life. And then he like actually got a chance to date her. And it was like this big win for him. And they fell in love. And it was like this was destiny. Right. This like destiny it was like meant to be. He knew it before it ever happened. And now what happened to destiny? What? They're breaking up. Destiny, How heartbreaking. Destiny crumbled on them. I just, I hate when there's a celebrity break. I, I hate breakups in general. I hate breakups. When friends of mine break up, when like you, like, oh my God, it just, it makes me so sad. It's such a bummer. So when I heard this one, I was like, you've got to be shitting me. I thought they were for real, for real. I thought they were, you know, till death do us part. However, I do know that Lisa Bonet is, um... Definitely not. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know either of them. But I did listen to a podcast where Zoe Kravitz was on um, and just talking about her being raised by her mom, Lisa Bonet. And like, yeah, she's just she's very she does her own thing. She goes to the beat of her own drum. So if things with uh, Momoa weren't panning out, could you imagine being the guy to date her after Jason Momoa? How do you stack up next to that guy? (laughs) I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, yeah, he's a very handsome, he's a very good looking guy, quirky, but um, handsome. there's quite an age gap, right? He's quite a bit younger, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know what the age gap is, but there definitely is one. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, again, kudos, because you always really see it go the other way where it's like older man, younger girl. I like right. that they went the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I know it, it bums me out that happened, but it did kind of spring the idea of like, what other celebrity break? It's funny that we get so attached to these celebrity couples and we feel like I almost like take it personally when I hear that these people have broken up. How, what are some of the instances of celebrity breakups that kind of rocked you to your core? Hands down, Brad Pitt. And uh, well, I obviously got with Angelina after before that. What was I going to say? Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was heartbreaking to me. I've just been a big fan of both of theirs for such a long time. I'm like, they're the perfect, gorgeous couple. So cute together. Rocked my world when they when they broke up. It was too sad about it is, that. It's like, no. so sad to see. I'm at, oh, God, I forgot about this one. I'm on BuzzFeed. There's a whole list of them here. This one actually did make me really sad, too, because... Like anybody that watched The Notebook a thousand times, when Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling split, also as a Canadian, for them being like the power couple that did this beautiful love story, and you see them together, and they have such effortless chemistry, and Uh they just seem so damn cool together, and then it didn't pan out, and now I don't know who Rachel McAdams is with, but Ryan Gosling is with Eva, uh, Eva Mendez. They've got a couple kids together. They did a movie together too, but it is no The Notebook. Nothing can be the, the best chick flick, hands down. Uh, I, you know so what? Good. I might watch that tonight. I might make John watch the notebook just to like 
You gotta go yeah, I was going to say, let me guess, he's never seen it. Too. You definitely should have to watch it. This should be I think like he a- has seen it. I'm sure during the duration of our relationship, I've made him watch it. Every now and then you got to pull the Trump card and be like, listen, I know we've watched all the Batman animated films, but I need you to watch <laughs> the fucking notebook with me, please. You know, another you. one that was sad to me, too, speaking of like an age gap with a younger guy, I was Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore. Right. I forgot about that one. Yeah. That, that one was sucked. a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one did suck. Um, what was though, your worst one? Let me just piggyback on the Ashton Kutcher one, though, because the only thing that made up for Ashton and Demi splitting was the fact that he ended up with Mila Kunis, which was like, oh, my God, you guys together in the 70s show. They just seem so cool. Those two, I think, have it figured out, too, because as much as like like the big thing with Mila Kunis is she just does like voiceovers for family guys. She gets to work from home in her sweatpants and Ashton Kutcher is like. Like um like a Silicon Valley investor. Like I don't think they even really act all that much anymore. Uh they no, still do, they're, but not they're, they're not like so that acting real. In it. They're yeah. very real down to earth people. I love the fact that Mila Kunis was talking about the fact that she doesn't end up bathing her kids every day. Like they always have the attention. <laughs> yeah. Right? That is so relatable. True. Like yes. I don't bathe I, I every day I tell myself, Okay, I'm gonna put him in the bath and I'm like, Oh my god, it's bedtime. I'm tired. I, I know eaten yet. We're going to yes. do this tomorrow. Rain check. <laughs> when you are tired at the end of the day, the last thing anyone wants to, anyone wants to do is go get wet. I don't want to get yeah. in the, I don't want to get in the tub. Or the kid, bathe their, yeah. Or make their kids get wet. Bathe their kids. No. Well, if my kid gets wet, I get wet. It's the same yeah, thing. True. Like it's, it's never just like a easy breezy situation. Um, <laughs> the one that really rocked me to my core was Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey. I was oh, so yeah. sad when they split because I was obsessed with watching the newlyweds. They were so charming. And I mean, that really was essentially like the first real reality show that I think a lot of us ever got into in terms of like seeing stars letting us like behind the curtain into their real lives and just seeing the two Very of them together. True. Like it made me so sad when they split up. I watched yeah, a few episodes me. of that because I do appreciate Jessica Simpson. Still love her shoes, by the way. She's so great. Couple, she has right? an empire. She's fantastic. Oh, my God. And yeah. I just I, from that series, the only thing that I remember so funny because, you know, Jessica Simpson's comes across as a very good girl. She's Christian, you know, all these things, religious. And he was like, <laughs> I remember her saying, like, I guess we're going to have to work on having more sex or something. Because I was like his one complaint was like not enough sex. I'm like, I'm sure they're having plenty of sex. I don't know where this guy is coming from. But, you know, she's like, so I guess that's what we have to work on or whatever. She's all like kind of embarrassed. But you're talking about letting them in on their real life. I'm like, they're busy people, though. I do know what that feels like, too. It's like, babe, I really want to tonight. But I actually am yeah. really way more tired. So I see you. I too. respect you. I think you're I love very you. handsome, but I'm turning to the other side. I'm going yeah. to bed right now. Do not even. Oh, oh gosh. my God. Yeah. If there's like a day that like I've got to get up before John, I'm like, yeah, of course you want to stay up and bang. I don't have to do anything yeah. tomorrow. I got shit to do. Right. Son. Um, Jenna Dewan and Channing Tatum. That one made me a little bit sad too, but I really oh, yeah. like the Jenna Dewan. She's dating uh, or married to J- dating my friend, um, Steve. So I love that they're, uh, together and they've got their baby together and, and life seems to be good for, for those two. Yeah. That's, Who that's always good. I, Any other juicy <gasps> ones on here? Yeah. I didn't know that Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter split. What? I didn't know that they had broken up. Oh, that's sad I didn't know that either. I can't. Yeah. Oh, Ryan Philippe and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I mean, them in the movie Fear. Good stuff right there. 
Mm-hmm. Britney Spears mm-hmm. and Justin Timberlake. Nobody else can replicate that oh, denim on yeah. denim outfit like these two did. Like they just they absolutely cute. crushed it. Yeah, that that one was. De- I think that one rocked a lot of people. I don't think anyone yeah. saw that one coming. And honestly, it was kind of a downhill um, slide for Britney for a while after that. Yeah, whole situation. How did I not know? I still thought for some reason that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie were together. I am living under a rock. I guess they are not. I didn't know no, that. No, they're not. They're not. No, they're not together. That's I don't know what. sad, too. Like, who is Brad Pitt dating? Why is Brad? Like, and I don't feel like you ever yeah, really see. Yeah, like, what's wrong with this guy? Because how do you go through two of the most gorgeous, epic, powerful women and not manage to figure it out? Like, third time's a charm. Like, who's it going to land now? Yeah, yeah. And after, again, can you imagine being the woman with that complex of like, oh my God, you're with Jennifer Aniston and then Angelina Jolie and now I've got to stack up to that? Like, holy, like that's a tall order. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that could be rough. You, but what makes me very happy, how do you feel about this with um, Ben Affleck and J-Lo back together now? Oh, yay. I like that. It's great, right? Yeah, I love that they're back together. I do feel like, like I when Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner split up, like that one, it did kind of bum me. It's when they have like their whole families and stuff that I'm like, oh man, like what happened? We couldn't work it out. You couldn't do like a little therapy, maybe hash it out. I don't know. There's always more to it than that, though. That's just me. This being one's selfish. sad too. Seal is one of my favorite music artists of all time, and I thought him and Heidi were too perfect together. Yeah. <laughs> and Heidi they is had so beautiful. They had and a beautiful cute family. They're beautiful kids together kids, too. Holy. Yeah. Have you seen how beautiful I think they're still kids? friends, like, aren't they? I think so. I, I think feel so. like they have like a pretty amicable. That is nice when they're like amicable. Like um Bruce yeah. Willis and Demi Moore. I like that it seems like they're pretty amicable. Like I feel like at Christmas time they posted they were all hanging out like matching pajamas and stuff together. So in terms of that that makes me kind of happy. I, I can roll with that. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, guys, people break up and it's really sad and I hate it. But Jason Momoa, Lisa Bonet, they are both out and free uh, to the world. Maybe Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz get back together because we all know well, what Lenny Kravitz is working with. Do you remember when Lenny Kravitz was on stage and his pants split and we all saw his wiener? <laughs> Google it. Yes. <laughs> everyone i'm hall of fame sportscaster leslie visser and i've got a new podcast in conversation where i'll draw from 45 years of covering the final four the nba finals wimbledon the world series the super bowl the olympics cbs even sent me to the fall of the berlin wall i think you'll enjoy the give and take so subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the sxm app included in most subscriptions Misha, it's official. You're dropping down to 125. We've been talking about it a little bit throughout the show, kind of alluding to it all day, but it's happening. What all went into the decision for you to drop down to 125? And then I will proceed to ask you a million questions after that. (laughs) I just started to think maybe 125 was always the weight class I was supposed to be in. You got to think when I started this, 125 was not an option. And as I moved into Strike Force, it was actually 145 that was the option because of Gina Carano. So I fought up a weight class and then eventually they they uh, realized that there were more women and we could they introduced 135, right? Then Rhonda and I had this rivalry we fought. 
Um, then that, because of that, 135 pounds got introduced to the UFC. So kind of just giving that history, there was no 125. And uh, as the sports continue to evolve, like these women are just really big, really long, really tall, really big women. And I just don't want to make these massive weight cuts anymore. So obviously I'm going to have to do a little bit more work to get down to 125. But according to what a lot of these 125ers are walking around at now, anyways, I am size relative to that weight class. And um, I've seen fighters make that weight change, weight weight class change before and have success. And it's not always the answer, but... I think with my wrestling and just going down and actually maybe being able to have some fight, some some reach advantage, height advantage, just physical advantages that I don't have typically at 135, mm-hmm. that it could translate really well. I think I can bully these smaller women around easier. And I also think the path to the title is shorter. I think yeah. I can come in and fight one of the top five women right out the gate. And if I got a win there, then I think I could be potentially looking at a title fight. What were the conversations that went into this decision? I mean, from talking to Dana to talking to your camp, just to sort of really Mm -hmm. um, decide on that. Well, I first contacted my strength and conditioning coach. That'd be coach uh, Sam Calavita with training labs and said, you know my body better than I know my body, which is kind of weird, but it's very much true. We talk about science and shit. I mean, this guy is is literally, that's what he is by trade. Actually, he's a mathematician. So he's broken my, my body down into numbers. Oh and he my said, gosh. you can do it. You can make 125. Here's how much time we need. And so um, we've just started that process just to, to be ahead of the curve. I don't have an exact... Um, fight date set yet but it'll be out enough time for me to make the weight class and just knowing his confidence in me ability to do it I don't even need to question it I know that I'm gonna go down to 125 and um for the first time maybe I will have some of those advantages that I haven't typically had at 135 and always just assumed that was my weight class here's the other perk to going down to 135 actually two of them Excuse me, 125. 125. Juliana is the champion at 135 right now. I think she remains the champion in a rematch against Amanda. And if I can become the champion at 125, then it's a Pacific Northwest takeover. And I love the sounds of that. My girl and I I can be champions at the same time. And look, if it doesn't, if it doesn't work out, if, if the weight is too much or I don't feel good in that weight class or... You know, whatever it may be, I can always come back up to 135. It's not like it's just gone permanently, but it's this is something I feel like I need to explore at this point in my career. It's in the back of my mind. Can I do it? Would it be the better decision? And maybe, though, the things that I'm really good at can actually shine a lot better against women who aren't so massive. So what goes into dropping down to 125 what is like the first step is the first step diet is the first step your workout you have to obviously drop muscle off your body it's not like you're walking around with really extra fluff weight you're walking around extra muscle what do you have to do to shed that it's a combination so the first step is combination so there's obviously some with diet but we just start slow and steady with the diet and then um, the training just turns into uh, a little bit more 
of a long haul style training, a little bit more endurance, those things that tend to target burning fat or, or um, muscle in the places that you don't need. But still, what's so great about coming down from the weight that I'm at now is that I'm very strong so we can maintain the strength while I drop the weight as opposed to trying to gain the strength after you're already already down there, that's actually takes longer than to, to drop down and, and try to hang on to what you've already built. It's mm-hmm. easier to do that than it is to put it on. That's why at 135, my first fight back when I fought Marion Renault, uh, I didn't even have a weight cut. I woke up the day of my fight at 139. So to give you context, most women would wake up at least probably between one. 148 and 150-ish, low 150s, high 140s after making weight. So in 24 hours, they would be back up 12, you know, so 12 to 15 pounds potentially. I woke up three pounds. So, uh, you know, so crazy. So a lot of, yeah. So a lot of women who would have weighed in at 125 would have gotten up to actually what I weighed that day. Now it is in part by design because I don't want to have big weight cuts. So I'm still not going to just make a massive weight cut to make 125. So you're right. I do have to change my body a little bit. I do have to take a little bit of size off. The cut will be a little bit more difficult. But I'm okay with a little bit more, a little bit more challenging so long as it's within the scale of reason that's, Mm -hmm. you know, I can hydrate back up and not have a massive detriment for cutting that much weight. And And when you're, when you're going to 125, are you still going to be doing the same thing in terms of like when you wake up, you're not going to be so far off that scale? Exactly. I'm not going to be so far, but I imagine the cut instead of it being, you know, pretty much nothing the day of the fight will be something more like six pounds, five or six pounds, you know, as the, as the, and I'll probably put that size back on the next day. So if I weighed in at 126, I think I would probably bounce back up to about 132 or 33 kind of the day of the fight. So God, when was the last time you weighed 125 pounds? RIP oh. to me. That's been a minute. Oh, it's been, I was, I remember my first weigh in ever in high school in wrestling as a freshman. Um, so they just check your weight and I was 130.6. So I was probably like, I was probably like 14 years old the last time I weighed 125 pounds, (laughs) but it can be done. It can be done. done. It can absolutely be be done. done. And I'm very excited. By the way, I was talking to Ariel Hawani right before I came on this show. I did an interview with him and he just had the nicest things to say about you. A fellow Canadian. And he just thought, yeah, he thinks you you are great. So I love him too. Move. He's such he's such a good dude. Um, I love he's a good dude, and I just I love the situation that he's in right now. I love when people are able to bet on themselves and, uh, Me too. and have have shit work and out. He uh, he's is damn good at what he does. He really is. He's so good at what he does. He's such a great personality. He's so knowledgeable, and mm-hmm. and more than that, um, he has the respect of everybody in that business, and uh, that's very very. Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas.
Sirius XM Podcasts.